Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. Hello, friends. This is Joshua Wagner with Wagner Ministries International welcoming you to our podcast today. We are so excited because today we are going to hear uh, about a report from our most recent ministry trip that happened uh, just a few weeks ago, actually. And I, um, I've i taken over the responsibility of this podcast as being the interviewer because we are going to have Dad to tell us about uh, what Jesus did at our most on our most recent uh, ministry trip. So I don't want to take up the time because I'm anxious to hear what Jesus did at this uh, on this amazing trip. So, Dad, why don't you tell us a little bit about your most recent ministry trip and all that Jesus uh, did on it. Maybe share with us where it was and sort of the nature of the trip. Thanks, Josh. <clears throat> well, this trip was a little bit different from uh, most of our crusade trips. This was actually a team trip. In other words, uh, periodically our ministry also uh, does team trips where we invite uh, friends people from the U.S. and Canada primarily to join us and uh, as we seek to impact a nation for Christ. And this trip was one of, the, uh, one of those trips. We have done four of these types of trips now. They've all been through missions.me and uh, they've been One Nation, One Day events. The first happened in 2013 in Honduras and 2015 in uh, the Dominican Republic. 2017 in Nicaragua, and now the most recent one was last month in Peru. Mm. <clears throat> and so what happened was we had a team, uh, ended up with a team of about uh, between 25 and 30 people from the U.S. and Canada. Uh, age range was probably from around mid-teens to the, um, into the 40s, and we had people who were, uh, it was primarily late teens and young adults on the trip. It was, it was a fantastic time. Uh, we joined up with uh, over 5,000 international missionaries who also joined up with 5,000 national missionaries from Peru to make a, a total missionary force of over 10,000 missionaries wow. that blanketed the nation of Peru uh, the major cities, the Amazon River Basin, the remote villages in the mountainous regions uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, so for um, a whole week, this event was going on with the blessing of the federal government of Peru and the other associated uh, arms of the government. And we were given free reign in, in many cases to preach the gospel boldly. And sometimes we needed to do it subtly but in every situation, the Holy Spirit moved mightily. And throughout the course of that week, uh, it was just an amazing um, amount of people that were exposed to the gospel. I'll talk about that in a little, little bit. But this One Nation, One Day event is what we were a part of uh, as a Wagner Ministries International team last month. Well, it sounds so exciting. Now, this, as you mentioned, is a little different than our normal types of crusades. Um, Maybe you could just sort of give us a bit of an idea of what this week looked like, what sort of ministry took place, and the sorts of things you were doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So obviously, we were one of many teams that were part that were in Peru at the time. When you have a 
a total team of over 10,000 international and national missionaries, there were many, many teams represented. Our team was uh, joined up with about 10 other teams from uh, different parts of North America. And we were in a uh, hotel in Lima, Peru. Lima is the largest city in Peru, the capital. And it's got about 15 million people, I believe. 15, that is, one five. Wow. Uh, so it's a mega city, one of the largest cities certainly in, in uh, the Western world. And um, at this hotel, there were about 170 missionaries, primarily from the U.S. and Canada. And what would happen is every day from Monday to Friday, we would get up early. We'd get on these buses that would take us to different parts of the city. And we would minister from about 9 until 5 every day. And we would try to jam as many ministry uh, events into that time as possible. Yeah. Uh, typically, our day would consist of three public school assemblies where we would literally go into the public schools in Lima, Peru. All right? Uh, and we would uh, be permitted to, uh, we would put on a presentation there uh, that was, that pointed the way towards Jesus. We weren't, in some cases, we weren't allowed to use Jesus' name uh, publicly, but in many other cases we were. The teenagers did, the, our team did dramas, we did dances, we did um, testimonies and, uh, and different stories that would really affect the, and impact the lives of these junior and senior high children. Uh, had a tremendous response all the time. When the presentation was done, what we would do is we would split into small groups where each uh, of our team missionaries, or maybe in, in groups of two with an interpreter, we would uh, spend time maybe talking to about 30, 25 to 30 teens in these small groups. Okay. And we would uh, talk to them about our own testimonies, our own journey of faith with Jesus, Amen. how he's changed our lives. And then we would invite them to uh, pray to receive Christ themselves. Yes. We'd also invite them to an event at the end of the week, a crusade event that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, we saw incredible fruit during those small groups, uh, just great times of bonding, and, and the Holy Spirit really moved mightily. So those school meetings were the primary things we did. But then every day we did at least one other um, public event, whether it was on a street corner in front of uh, in, in storefronts, whether it was in a public park. Uh, we even had the opportunity to, um, to preach at a local uh, large emergency hospital that was powerful. Uh, we took every opportunity we, we could to, jam, to cram into our schedules these events that would allow us to do the, our presentations in public places and help many people be exposed to the gospel. So between the public school meetings and the, um, the public uh, site meetings, we always had f at least four different presentations every day where we went through, preached Jesus, and saw God do amazing things. At the end of the week, on the Saturday of that week, we, would, uh, we joined up with all the other teams from Lima, um, or from our part of Lima, and we had a stadium crusade event okay. where everyone that we connected with that week, we always invited them out to that, and uh, the gospel was preached powerfully there, and uh, it was also an incredible event, so... There you go. 
And that sounds fantastic. And honestly, the type of thing that um, must have been great for those who were a part of this trip. Um, I know that these sorts of trips are so exciting for us because it allows people who don't oftentimes have a lot of exposure to doing mission work uh, to have that exposure. And I think that on this trip, there were a number of people there who this is their first time on a missions trip, maybe some of them their first time outside of the country. And, um, and maybe you could just share with us a little bit about how you felt the, the team uh, that you were leading was influenced or the growth that was happening in your people uh, and that you were even seeing working alongside the Peruvian believers and, and what you saw sort of from a bird's eye view the Lord do in your team and in the people you were working with there in Peru? That's a great question. You know, we um, I've had the privilege of leading several teams, of course, like this through the years of ministry. Um, and every time we see, you know, God just blast people uh, in our team with just the revelation of how good Jesus is and how, how desperate the world is to know him. On our team uh, that I was leading, uh, you know, many of the people, whether they were teenagers or even adults older in, in, older in life, many of them, this was their first experience uh, on a, an actual mission trip, an international mission trip. Some of the people, they had to get passports for the first time because this was their actual first time outside of uh, the U.S. or Canada. Right. And so... This was uh, a, a landmark time for them. They were exposed to a completely different culture, different language, different food, uh, different, different people. But uh, what I saw happening was everyone stepped it up so well. It was incredible. So what we found was I saw um, many people on our team giving their testimony for the first time publicly wow. Not in the safe confines, you might say, of a Bible study in North America, but uh, on the streets of a foreign city using an interpreter uh, in front of people who are, you know, you know on, the, on the surface, they seem to be very different from, the, from who we are. Yeah. And it was just incredible to see how stretching that experience was for everyone and then also for how well the, the Lord helped them step up. And so we saw... People on our team who had never given their testimony publicly before, giving it in those settings. These people had never um, led people in a sinner's prayer before. They were leading groups of people in public places in the sinner's prayer. Right. Um, they were winning souls to Christ themselves through their testimony. Uh, they were praying for sick people in public places and seeing miracles happen. I'm telling you, these these uh, young people and even the older adults, some of them, they were laying hands on the sick. They were seeing them recover. They were seeing the book of Acts come to pass in front of their eyes where people were getting saved, delivered, and healed. It was phenomenal. And so, I mean, the level of expectation that the people had throughout the week just raised was raised exponentially as the week went on because every time they'd see someone saved or a person healed, well, then the next time they get to lay hands on someone to pray for them, they have the same, they, they expect that to happen again. Amen. And many times it did. So these people came home really wrecked by God in some ways for, 
what we might think passes as normal Christianity in the Western world. Um, their, their zeal for Jesus uh, just rose to a whole new level. And their interest in taking the gospel to the nations was just dramatically um, impacted. So it was, it was phenomenal. Man, that's so exciting. Uh, and I can imagine it must have been such a exciting experience and a thrilling experience for so many of those on our team. Now, you mentioned that one of the things that they loved to experience was, was seeing God do miracles. Mm. And um, maybe you could just share with us some of the miracles that the Lord did through you and your team while you were ministering throughout the course of the week. So... You know, as is the case with our regular trips, our crusade trips, of course, the salvations are primary. And so, you know, we want to brag on God here a bit, uh, not a bit, a lot, all, the whole time about what he did. Uh, throughout the course of the week, our team directly ministered face-to-face -face with over 12,000 people. Wow. Okay? Uh of those over 12,000, we had 2,787 of them make decisions for Christ during that time. Jesus. So it was an incredible week of harvest. Almost uh, over 20% of the people that we, that we were face-to-face -face with made commitments to Christ. It was, it was really great. Um, so that's, that's the first thing we wanna, I, I want to give, uh, give honor to the Lord for. Of course, many of the miracles that happened, as I said before, were God used these teenagers and these young adults and people who had never been in these settings before to actually do them. I, I actually, because, you know, I kind of stepped back um, a lot that week intentionally to give other people the chance to uh, do this, to pray for people themselves, because, of course, over the years, I've I've seen, you know, just thousands of miracles. And so I wanted to give everyone else on our trip a chance to really see that through God use them through their prayers and their faith as well. And so um, I'm thinking of one really cool thing that happened. We were in the park, one of these public parks, and there was a group of people gathered from local people listening to the, the preaching. The person who was preaching was a fellow in his 40s from Canada, uh, this was the first time he'd ever given a public testimony wow. before. And as he was doing that very well, very under the anointing of God, uh, there were a couple of young boys that were probably about eight years old or maybe 10. They were listening carefully to what was being said. Um, one of our Peruvian team members, he was out there watching. He felt like the Spirit of God was really speaking to them. And so he approached them and asked them, if there was anything he could pray for them about. And, and the one boy said that he had a, um, an ear that had hearing problems. It seems like he was either deaf or partially deaf in this ear. And so the, our team member asked if he could pray for him, and, and, uh, and so he did. And Jesus uh, miraculously healed his deaf ear. And the boy was very thrilled, of course, and then our team member asked if, he'd, if he was born again, if he knew Jesus personally. And the boy said no, but he wanted to because he connected the dots. The same Jesus who just healed his ear, uh, he wanted him to be savior of his life. So <clears throat> this, he, this happened, and it, that was awesome. And then the boy mentioned, he says, I, I'd like to have my mom experience this too and oh, to wow. meet Jesus. And so... 
uh, he said she lives just a little little ways down the street. Would we be able to go to his house and sure. and talk to her? So our team member went with this, the boy and and they went to the mom's door and she was a bit concerned at first that maybe her son had caused problems and that he was being escorted back to you know for that reason right. but our team member assured her that was not the case he explained a bit what happened and he had the her son explain and the mom was just overcome with joy mm -hmm. and she too had never received christ as savior in peru there are many people who maybe attend church or they know about Jesus in a religious way, but they don't know him personally in a born-again experience. And so she, she, uh, she prayed on the spot right there to receive salvation. So there was, there was house, some household salvation going on all through, the, all through the preaching of one person who did, had never preached his testimony before. God took it and used it to heal a boy and then to bring salvation into his life and the life of his mom. Fantastic. It's just phenomenal. Another thing that happened that was really fun is at the end of the day, one of the days, we had a bit of time left before we had to go back to the base. And so our Peruvian leader, she said, well, let's, we're near one of the, the hospitals. Let's go to the hospital and, right. and do some, see if we can do some preaching there. So yeah. by that time, our team was, was really into expecting God to do miracles because they'd seen so many. So we went to the hospital, and the administrator there was really happy to have us come. There was this big courtyard in the middle of it filled with people waiting to see the doctor. And right next to it, the regular hospital was an emergency wing of the hospital. And so we were well situated. We had this captive audience of people that were just sitting there. And they were all, of course, sit there because they were ill. Yeah. And so I, got, I took the microphone, and I really felt in my spirit that I, I should preach there, but... Let's let the team do the praying themselves. Sure. And so I was preaching about healing, giving some stories from the Bible and my own testimonies. And, we, and our team then you know, spread out and started praying for the people. And it was awesome. The, the administrator of the hospital, I don't know if she was a believer before or not, but she sure. was just transfixed with what was happening. Wow. We were seeing uh, person after person get prayed for and get healed. Um, Partway through this healing revival that was taking place that afternoon, we had one of the, um, an emergency nurse from the ward there come running out and ask, asking us if we could send some of our team literally into the emergency ward of their hospital to pray wow. for the sick. So, of course, we had this enthusiastic group of young people running in there, and they were laying our hands on, on everything that moved and some things that didn't. And... <laughs> and by the end of, of our time there, it was like the emergency room, I think, had been pr practically cleared of patients because they were all walking out on their own. Yeah. And there were several policemen that were watching things happen. They mm -hmm. were quiet observers of all of this, sure. along with the hospital administrator. And um, so towards the end of the, the meeting, we, uh, some of our team members boldly went up to these policemen and talked to them a bit about Jesus and asked what they thought about this. And some of them, the policemen had some aches and pains themselves, and we prayed for them. They got healed. And then we, our team members asked them if they would also like to receive Jesus as Savior. And I believe it was at least three of the policemen there that actually got saved that day because of what they had seen God do. Praise so it was just a book of Acts again, Josh. You know, God comes in to a, to a place devoid of the power of God mm -hmm. and he um, makes himself known first by miracles 
And then when people see the miracles, same pattern. They, uh, they, get, they want Jesus. They realize he's the one true God and they want um, a touch from him and they want to be in relationship with him. It's powerful. Man, those, those stories are so exciting and get me so excited for uh, you know seeing the Lord do those things in our lives here as well. Uh, Dad, thank you so much for sharing with us what Jesus did. Uh, what a fantastic crusade. As you sort of look back at it, um, I know you've shared a lot already. Is there anything else that you sort of would like to say just in summation as to what Jesus did on this trip and the, the long-term uh, impact of a trip like this? Well, you know, we've got, we did get some statistics back from the overall event, the One Nation, One Day event across the whole country of Peru. And we were told that uh, in total, over 1.1 million people were reached face-to-face with the gospel that week. So our team was obviously a a good part of that. And so the, the nation of Peru, uh, from top to bottom, from east to west, was really um, impacted significantly with with the gospel. The Bible says the word of God is not returned void. And so the word of God is presented to so many people throughout that week. Mm-hmm. Um, our team was just one part of that. Right. But within our team, it was truly significant because we left behind a team of about 25 Peruvian missionaries yeah. who attend an amazing church down there in Lima, uh, we worshiped with them on one of the Sundays, and that uh, those are the those are the people that are carrying on the ministry. Yes. In other words, we always funneled and channeled the people that got saved at our at our ministry locations towards this church, which is a a real large church in in Lima that that's doing great work for God. Sure. And so our missionaries, we keep actually in pretty close touch with them even now. We I'm. Uh, through Facebook and such, we're able to um, to find out what God's continuing to do. And I'm happy to report that you know, a month a month into this, uh, since we've been there, we've had uh, we've we've heard good reports from our Peruvian friends about um, the effects of this this uh, week of ministry uh, moving forward. And so it's always so important to be able to leave these new believers in the hands of a, of a church or churches that are going to help them grow closer to Jesus. And we believe that the infrastructure that we've left behind there is intact, it's in place, and that um, those people are going to be baptized soon, the new believers, and integrated into the body of Christ as fruitful Christians. Amen. Well, that's what it's all about, and we are just so grateful to what Jesus for to Jesus for what He did uh, through you and your team in Lima, Peru. And we know that uh, what has started, God is faithful to complete it. Amen. If you'd like to hear some more stories about this trip, uh, I would encourage you to um, our our newsletter is going to be coming out in uh, the next uh, this week, and it's got so many wonderful stories about the things that Jesus did while in uh, Peru. And so I just encourage you to do that. And if you're not on our mailing list, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you to be able to know that you always have access to hear what God is doing. And so thank you for listening to the podcast today and for being a part of what God is doing in the ministry of Wagner Ministries International. 
uh, around the world. We thank God for you. God bless and have a great day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless. Thank you.